0: Welcome to the Active Marketer Podcast, where we talk about how to design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. You can find out all the tips, tactics, and techniques you need to get more customers and sell more stuff over at theactivemarketer.com. Now, here's your host, Barry Moore. Welcome to episode 31 of the Active Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Barry Moore. In the last few episodes, we've been talking about a lot to users of marketing automation platforms, but this time I thought we would chat again to a creator of a marketing automation platform. You may remember back in episode nine, I talked to Jason Vanderboom, uh, the CEO of Active Campaign. In this episode, we're going to talk with Dan Dobos, the creator of LeadMachine.com, a really great uh, marketing automation platform, especially if you have an outbound sales team that needs to make calls and follow up with clients. So we're going to get Dan on the show to talk about lessons learned using marketing automation, some of the best ways to get started, and some of the best points in your business that you can use automation to make sure that you are still keeping that personal touch with your leads and your customers. So let's get into this week's episode with Dan Dobos of leadmachine.com. All right, I'd like to welcome to the show Dan Dobos from Lead Machine. Welcome, Dan.
1: Hi, Barry. Good to chat.
0: Thank you. Now, first of all, I have to ask you the major question there is, for those of you who aren't familiar out there in listener land, what Lead Machine is, you want to give us a rundown quickly on what Lead Machine is?
1: Sure. So, Lead Machine is a CRM and marketing automation platform where we've worked hard to build something that's really simple and really easy to use so that you can automate your sales and marketing processes.
0: And what, what led you to, to build your own product?
1: Sure. So um at the time looking around it was something where the solutions that were out there seemed really difficult to use complicated and really what i wanted was something simple something that was easy and also something that really covered the sales side of things so a lot of a lot of the products out there they're really great at sending emails and automating different processes but when it came to actually making phone calls and completing tasks they didn't handle that situation too well so we really wanted something that could do both the marketing and the sales side
0: Yeah, and that's something I have seen from a lot of the, the, the automation platforms is they're great at you know building the automations and sending the emails and stuff like that. But when you get a bunch of leads into a sales pipeline, for example, I think a lot of them kind of drop the ball there If someone has an, if, you're, if you're a business that has an outbound uh, marketing team is making calls and tracking deals through a pipeline uh, with multiple salespeople. Some of those don't really work that process terribly well. I think they're more focused on the kind of online marketing rather than the offline stuff as well. So
1: yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So so we we wanted to actually focus on offline businesses that wanted to do online marketing as opposed to online marketing businesses that wanted to automate their marketing processes.
0: Fair enough. Well, very cool. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think that's a huge market. I think I think. Marketing automation now is kind of like Facebook ads, where a couple of years ago, you know, nobody really kind of was doing it. Nobody kind of knew what they were, and now they're everywhere. You know, so yeah, I think yeah. twelve months time, everyone's going to be, or not everyone, but a large amount of people are going to be having, implementing or have implemented marketing automation in their business. Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to get you on today. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about you're an online business. You've got no automation in place. You maybe have a basic uh, kind of email list on or MailChimp or something like that, or maybe you're even not gathering email addresses at all. How do you get started from taking an offline business into the world of marketing automation?
1: Sure. So I think the point to really emphasize is that automation is a great thing and it can save you a lot of time. It can also ensure that things are done at the right time and that things don't fall through the cracks when you actually define your processes. But With that being said, I don't think automation really is the top priority. I think the top priority is ultimately to generate more sales, improve your conversion rates, do the things that are really going to grow your business. And and really automation, I think, often is used too quickly by people. So, for example, say if you take something like, you know, Dean Jackson's very famous for the nine-word email. So that involves sending a... Short email to someone, and then they reply, and then you reply and you know, that process is not re- it's certainly not automated the first time you do it because you really want to you, w- you want to do that manually yourself and you want to actually understand and figure out what are the best things to say that will trigger the best responses and then once you've done it and you've figured it out, you then want to create templates for it, and you know you then can you know outsource it to someone else and they can they can just use your templates but I think it's a good example of, of something where you know if you were to automate that and just send a series of emails. Um, you'd actually miss out on a whole lot of business.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think I think a lot of people even, even miss that first step of, you know, our three pillars are design, automate, and scale. And everyone seems to want to jump into the automate <laughs> and scale bit before yeah. they've done the design bit. I mean, there's a famous quote from Bill Gates that says, you know, automation applied to an efficient automation operation will magnify the efficiency. But the second rule is that automation applied to an inefficient operation will just magnify the inefficiency. So yeah, exactly. If you yeah. don't, take time to sit down and go through your sales process or your business processes to make sure they actually work and they'll mm. actually scale. You may have a process that works, but if you got, uh, you know, if somebody 10x your business tomorrow, what's going to be the first thing to break is always the great question.
1: So, definitely. Don't yeah.
0: be, and I, don't, be don't be in a rush to automate something that you haven't really thought through in the first place.
1: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and I I think that like I think one of the good things that often happens when people start thinking about automation is they realize if I'm going to automate it, there does need to be a process. So a lot of the time people will, just with a, you know, sheet of paper, map out their process, realize sort of how, you know, someone goes from being a complete stranger to an amazing client. And in that process, they discover there are junctures where people say yes. And there are other junctures where, you know, people you know, instead of saying yes, they they say at that same juncture they, they say, well actually not sure or or maybe. Um and in doing that, they often realize, oh, there's you know there's there's some there's some follow-up which we're just not doing. So I think that can be a really, really positive thing to do. And if you're just starting, I think just, just mapping it out and figuring out where you're where you're missing out. Where you're not doing anything, Um, and also as part of that, where your sales process is not that good, like actually, you know, where your conversion rate from say, you know, lead to customer, maybe that's not that good, but maybe from customer to client, it's really good. So, spending a bit of time with that process, I think, can be can be really really useful for a business.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point there. That I want to circle back to is when you ask somebody what's their sales process, they tend to if they know, and a lot of people don't even know it first off. But yeah, yeah, exactly. If they know. They'll map out or they'll tell you about that ideal process, like you said, from from a, a cold lead to a, a a raving fan. And they ignore any of the other juncture points on that process. It's just like, this is how we get a raving fan. It's like, great. But as you said, what are the forks in the road where people are dropping off? And and I don't think a lot of people think about that, let alone cater for it um, specifically. So I also wanted to ask you quickly, as someone who does this a lot, are there any tools that you use or what have you found to be the best thing for actually when you sit down to map out these processes. Sure. Uh, I'm still haven't found a good replacement for the good old whiteboard or the notebook.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the most, I think the best tool ever invented and the most underrated tool is a pen and a blank sheet of paper.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) absolutely.
1: (laughs) Like literally I can, like it's a slightly unrelated point, but uh, it is very relevant as well in the sense that I cannot replace going to a cafe with a blank you know, with a blank, I've got like a sort of like a a visual notepad and just using that and not having a phone and just like it's the the thing with computers is that we become perfectionists and you focus more on the process than on the substance. Whereas I just find that, you know, just with a pen and paper, you just get to the point quickly. There's no distractions, no nonsense. And yeah, that's definitely what I'd recommend.
0: I find that too. I'm like looking around my desk, as you're saying, there's four notebooks sitting on my desk (laughs) at the moment. And that's the way I like to do it. I like (laughs) Yeah, shut down the laptop. Get away from the computer. Completely yeah. remove yourself from the technology, and then just map out the process with a pen and paper yeah. is still the best, I think.
1: Yeah, I actually just recently bought um, a notebook for in the shower. It's actually waterproof. <laughs> so, because I like it's actually actually a product. Um, I, I, it was something something I saw somewhere just randomly, and it's got like a little pencil holder, and it's like it's, a, it's like waterproof pages, and it's awesome.
0: <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There goes yeah. the water bill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more just random stuff comes up, yeah. you know. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, what have you found with your clients, your customers? What are some of the things that they don't tend to automate? The things they forget about?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. And linking back to that process of a juncture where, you know, you get a yes, but you forget where where the no goes? where the no goes or if someone goes, oh, I'm not really sure. So just a really sort of common occurrence in most businesses is they get a phone call it's just like an inbound call. Someone calls in and they make an inquiry and they say, look, I'm just inquiring about X, Y, Z. And the person might answer their question, may even try and make a sale, but then it doesn't happen and just they just ignore it. And it's just lo- totally loses, they just totally lose a lead, whereas... If in that process they said to them, look, there's something really useful I'm going to, I can send you, get their name and email address and then maybe there's an objection. And, and what most businesses find is that there's usually three or four or five spe- like objections which keep coming up all over and over and over and over again. So actually going through that process and figuring out what are the objections we get when we do when we get inbound calls let's write those down so let's just say there's there's three common objections and then for each objection coming up with something really valuable not even trying to sell just something really valuable that you can add value to the client and using that as the first email in a series of emails to add value to the client so that when you get one of your inbound calls you choose which one of the objections they they said and bang they're off on a a very targeted email follow-up
0: cool and what's What's the mechanism that's making that happen? Are you just putting them in a, a specific automation manually, or you're know, applying tags to them, or just is a, is a is that just up to the individual consultant who's on the phone?
1: Yeah, sure. So there's a couple of ways you could do it. You could do it so that um, you know tags are tags are really a bit of a hack. Um, And what we try to do with lead machine is, you know, sure, you can add a tag and that can trigger um, an automation sequence, but really what we're always trying to focus on is really trying to provide a real solution to a real problem. So for example, with phone calls, we um, have something called call queues. So in that situation, each queue has a set of outcomes. So the way lead machine would handle it would be you'd create a queue for inbound calls. You'd then add a task to the queue and that task would then have um, a number of different outcomes you choose the outcome that's appropriate and then that will automatically trigger an automation sequence ah, which cool. we call the flow. yeah yeah very
0: cool very cool
1: yeah
0: yeah um what are some of the other things that, that that you've come across that people are seem to forget that end up in those orphan buckets around the business
1: yeah sure so um same, I guess, the first one was inbound call. So inbound call and we, we don't actually follow up um, in a specific way related to the price objection or whatever the objection was. Same type of scenario often happens, say, with a sales appointment. So you've gone to the trouble, you've booked an appointment, you've done the appointment, and, um, you know, a lot of the time, if there's a no, people will, number one, worst of all, do nothing. But a fair bit of the time, they will do something, but it's just general. They'll say, they'll sort of just put them on a, on a recurring newsletter, but really a much better way to deal with that is to really, as we discussed, figure out those three to five objections and send them on something very specific to their, to their situation. So that's one. Okay. Yeah. Um, another one that often people forget about, particularly sort of um, agencies, Um, sort of they, they sort of have like a, a a pipeline where, you know, they'll meet with someone, they'll... Have an appointment. They'll send a proposal, and at certain stages, they realise that you know if something's been there for you know a week or two weeks, they're starting to lose the sale. So having a um, a trigger so that you you try and attempt to actually save that deal after a certain period of time has elapsed is a really useful thing to do. So yeah, something something after a, a given period of time. The other one is um, even if you even if you try to get that person but you you don't don't get them as, as part of that deal to then have something sort of two or three months later um, to actually re-engage them
0: yeah that, that was a, another question I was just about to ask you there you know I've, I've talked to some other people and it, the question becomes you know when when do you give up on that that lead so the deal is stalled it's not going anywhere you continue maybe you put them in a, in a follow-up sequence or you put them in a, a follow-up pipeline or something at what point, when do you give up? what point yeah when do you give yeah. up? I've talked yeah. to some people I say, well you know I don't give up, I don't give up until they buy my product, but um
1: yeah, sure,
0: so what are what are your thoughts on that, and kind of what are you seeing that works well?
1: yeah, so I, I wrote a blog post a while ago, um and it's called please stop following up and the the basic idea of it is that to me there's nothing more annoying when you know, I'm, I've, like, I've, you know, demoed various different products and then someone will send me an email and say, hi, I'm following up. It's like, I'd like to get your money, please. Can you please pay me for this product? You know, like, yeah. it's just the, it's just, there's no concept. So, um, and, and, and it's quite common. Like, I've seen these actually massive, like, you know, eight, nine-figure businesses that, that actually have, are using these type of templates. So, um, really, I guess what I think, it, it, it's really about a philosophy change, I think, and really what we're talking about here is instead of, following up i think what you want to be doing is you want to be thinking how you can add value so um you know one of the keys to 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 sales is is to really understand the problem and you know there's there's a great line which which goes that you know if you can give someone more clarity about their problem than they've ever experienced before you will automatically become the solution and so I think that not enough people do that in the sales process, which stops them from getting sales. But the other problem with not doing that is that you don't really have anything useful to follow up with. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just sort of being an annoying, pushy salesperson rather than someone who's understood their problem. And then you can, then you can say, you know, a much, instead of please follow, following up, I think the exact inverse of that subject line um, of, you know, of I'm following up rather is, you know, I thought of you. You know, if you just if send some if you send a prospect a, a subject line, a, an email with a subject, "I thought of you dot dot dot," and then you actually provide them something really valuable that's just happened in the news, you know, they go, "Wow, that's really useful." And you know, even if they don't buy your product, they're thinking that's a great person and they really actually care about me. Um, and you know, they may even refer you to other people.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, the uh, just following up. Kind of email is like that annoying kid on the car trip. We there yet? No. We there yet? No.
1: We there yet? No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think there's there's also um, you know there's also a few other things to think about. Like you know you can do Google alerts if they're like a really important client. You know you may wish to to go to that trouble. And um, there's also a website called Newsly um, where what that does is um, often you'll have you know you'll add a, a prospect to your Uh, linkedin connections and if ever they appear in the news it will actually send you a link to that article um so yeah it's 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 news and then with le at the end.com so you know actually sort of um thinking of ways that you can engage with clients rather than actually following them up i think will um number one lead to a lot more sales and number two to be a lot better for your brand
0: yeah it's something i harp on quite a lot is that you know, marketing automation or just automation in general gets a bad rap because people think it's, you know, it's cold and impersonal and you're just blasting emails out to people. But if you're using yeah. it properly, you're using it to trigger you as much as the customer, but you're triggering, trying to trigger those human touch points. Like when can exactly. I, when's the appropriate time for me to reach out to this person on a, on a personal level and send them a, send him a personal email or um, congratulate them on a new, you know, business venture or whatever yeah. like you said. And yeah. I think so. that's the way to use automation is to bubble up the most receptive people at the most receptive time that that you can reach out to them.
1: Yeah, exactly right. The you know, sending the right message to the right person at the right time. And and yeah, I think exactly the point is that with marketing automation, it's it's as much um, you know, it's as much, you know, marketing towards the client as it is to getting you organized to actually do the things that you need to do and so that in specifically what I think we're saying here is that instead of sending out an email to the client we're creating a task for a team member to to really get on and do something
0: yeah that's right that's fa- that's a fantastic way to do it i think and i think that's one of the features that's missing from a lot of the a lot of the platforms is that you know it's not just all email uh, email triggers and sequences that to people it's you've got a team of people or even if it's just you as a business owner um, you've got that team of people who are, are there to look after the customers mm. and you need to be automating that process or, or automating the triggers to that process uh, mm. as much as you're automating the messages to the customers as well.
1: Um, yeah and I think this also works um, not just in actually generating customers but also in terms of customer success in that you know, a lot of people sort of say, oh, I've got the customer, that's it. But I think I think a big part of, of this is also to ensure that once you've got a customer, they actually turn out into a client. They're a repeat customer and they give you a long-term testimonial and they refer people over to you. So, yeah, definitely think this is important.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan and big proponent of the power of a really well-crafted onboarding sequence to, to do a number of things for you and your business. One, you know, you, mm. that gives that first email out after someone's bought something from you is the impression they're going to get from your business. So, you know, you can use that to take the opportunity to set the expectations about what's going to happen next, um, congratulate mm. them on the sale. You can use the onboarding sequence to head off, you know, buyers remorse by making them feel comfortable with what they've just purchased, um, mm. how they, how they can get quick results out of your product or service straight away. Um, yeah, what exactly. What are the common pitfalls? So you can reduce your support desk, um, load on your support desk. And then, you know, while they're feeling happy and super excited about their new product, or service, you know, then you can ask them for a referral or testimonial. So a lot goes into that onboarding sequence. And I think to <clears> end, too many people just go, right, got, got, that's one customer. We got onto the next one. You know, they're throwing their fishing pole back into the water, trying to get the next one before they have even landed that last one properly.
1: Yeah. Definitely. And just a couple of things to add to that is sometimes you may want to um, create a task to actually send them a handwritten note at the start. Um, If it's an information product, um, you may wish to sort of work out, say, 10 nuggets in that product. Um so what you were saying related to, to quick wins so and and then sort of send those out at periodic time so they get the most out of your product um and I think the other one which a lot of people miss out on is just like checking in 90 or 180 days later depending on the product and say look have you got value from it you know what else could we do and actually just getting feedback from the customer as to what you can improve, so that you're always improving yourself, and potentially ho- and hopefully that they you know from your product that there's a certain life cycle. So you know, with some products it's 30 days, some products it's 90 days, some products it's, it's a year, where you know the best testimonials are not just a lot. Of, most people do testimonials at the start and they go, "Oh, this was a great seminar," blah blah blah. But that's great. But what was the result? We don't know. We just know that you enjoyed the product, yeah. the consumption of the product. So long term testimonial at, at you know, 180 days a year out can be really powerful.
0: Especially if you've got some sort of recurring product where you know where your churn rate is, you know, you've got X number of people who drop off at, at 90 days, so maybe 80 days out. You start a warm-up cycle again to, to hey, did yeah. you know that we just put this into the community? Or, hey, did you know there's this new training product that's part of it since you made your purchase? So you're kind of heading off those those dip points uh, where hmm. customers tend to fall off.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I think I think really what, what we're getting at here is that um, automation can be great when it preempts things so that instead of you reacting to customer disasters and people cancelling, it actually forces you to do the things so that those problems never arise in the first place.
0: Yeah, fantastic. All right. And what other great kind of uh, features do you have built inside Lead Machine that, uh, that people need to know about?
1: So I think one of the things that we, we mentioned just before was about um, calls and we, we talked about like how it, with an internal call or an outbound call, we, we have something called call queues. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely one sort of big feature which a lot of people are using to um, you know automate outcomes from calls and to also batch all the calls so if you have say a hundred not a hundred you probably only have maybe say 10 or 20 say handwritten notes that all goes all those like they're different categories of tasks and each so that's what a call queue is it's like a category of tasks so essentially when you go to a queue you do all the tasks at once so, so, so you get that like economies of scale in that you just you know you get everything done more efficiently rather than doing one task of this type and another task of this type and yeah, you know, so it's a lot more efficient. So yeah, that's definitely one um, feature which is which is um, pretty unique from you know the systems I've looked at. No one really seems to have anything like that. So that's definitely one thing. In terms of other things that we have, we have a, a visual campaign builder which is really simple and easy to use. People seem to to really love that. We have um, some people. So it's a bit of an, an interesting feature is we, we allow you to also connect a contact. So for example, if you you know, want to show how contacts are related to each other. Some people find that oh, yeah. uh, very cool to, to be very useful. Yeah. So there's a few things.
0: I like the fact too that you know you can use your platform on a mobile device. If you try and use <laughs> some of the other automation platforms on a on an iPad, for example, it just turns into a giant mess. So, um, and the fact that you've got all the Zapier integration as well, that you can connect it to all your other systems is fantastic too.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, the mobile side's um, something. So that's that's working well.
0: Well, Dan, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, uh, if you could give people one action step to get started with automation uh, tomorrow, what would it be other than buy a, a, no, a notepad for your shower? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, if there was one action step, it would really be to, um, once you've bought the notepad for your shower, um, buy a, a bigger size notepad and really just map out your processes, work out where you're not following up, work even write down the conversion rates at each juncture in your sales process, and then create a recurring tasks to review that every 90 days.
0: Oh yeah. Very cool. I think that's a lot of people don't do that as well. So um, they don't sit down and debrief what's happened in the last quarter the last six months or whatever and see if anything's changed. Now that's the easy, that's the kind of, uh, the lullaby siren song of marketing automation is once you put it in, that it just kind of happens behind the scenes. I don't think a lot of people never go back and check uh, what the the metrics are or tweak and change the automations that are there. So really good advice. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. All right, thanks, Dan. I really appreciate your time. I'm sure the listeners got tons out of it. And if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, sure. So they can go to leadmachine.com. And if anyone wants to email me, Um, my email address is dan at leadmachine.com. Um, if you do end up looking at lead machine, um, send me an email, mention this podcast and we'll, we'll sort something out for you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Dan. See you next time. Thanks, mate. I'd like to thank Dan Dobos for coming on and sharing his expertise with us And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in and listening. We really do appreciate it. We are doing this show for you, so I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to head over to theactivemarketer.com forward slash 31. Please leave us a comment in the show notes. Tell us how you're using marketing automation. Tell us what subjects you'd like to see. Tell us what things we can cover in future podcasts. Just leave us a comment in the show notes there down below at the bottom in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to tailor this podcast to exactly what you want to hear. So next week, we'll be back with another episode. In the meantime, get out there and design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using marketing automation. Good day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Active Marketer podcast. You can find the show notes and all the latest marketing automation news over at theactivemarketer.com.